This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about meal planning today, and we are heading into a change of season. Well, let's let ourselves stay in the one at hand. It just depends on where you are. It's funny, in the hotter places where to me, it feels more like summer. I know some of you all go back to school a little bit earlier than we do up here where it's actually pretty hot right now, but maybe not as hot. And we go back closer to September. So I'm still very much in summer as this is coming live. But I notice that, you know, we're starting to think about the transition. And, and part of that's natural. It actually helps me to really settle into taking some weeks. There's some weeks before school start where I'm taking some time off. I'm pausing. I'm cherishing every last minute with my soon-to-be college student and the, just being with the kids and doing fun things with three teens and just all the goodness that comes with summer and being a mom and transitioning into the next phase, which feels a lot of like what's happening around here. So that said, I have noticed over the years of really becoming a planner, I would say, and helping a lot of other people become planners is that it's really helpful to plan for transitions. And when we're wherever we're heading, you know, out of the school year into the summer, out of the summer into the school year, in the midst of the school year into a holiday season, some of these are like major transitions, right? Um, one that might have been forced upon us was the pandemic. Sometimes we're in transitions of health or a transition into morning or out of morning, right? So it's like there's lots of transitions that end up coming into our lives. And I think that when we plan for those, it can be really helpful in not getting stopped in our tracks, not getting off some of the promises we made to ourselves. And food might be an area where you've made some promises to yourself. So I just wanted to talk through how I think about planning, how I sort of refresh this as we head into a new season and hopefully that will serve you as you head into fall. So as you may have heard me talk about before, if you've been around a long time and if not, welcome. And this is a concept that's near and dear to my heart. It's how our book, Plan Simple Meals, is organized. But I'm a big believer in creating a rhythm around food. And this means a couple things to me. One, 
it means that it's seasonal. So it means that as I'm in summer, I might have had one rhythm. As an, and as I head into fall, I may have another rhythm. And that rhythm may come with slightly different foods. So I do revisit my rhythm as I'm changing seasons. So that's something I'm doing right now. And the other piece of rhythm that I really love is to use different categories as benchmarks to just make the planning process easier. So let me give you some examples. And this is how the book is actually organized. But so at dinner on Monday nights in our house is usually bean night. This comes just from my upbringing. I grew up in New Orleans and there was always, for some reason, red beans and rice on Monday. Actually, I know that story. It's because Monday historically was wash day. And so women would wash clothes and stir the beans. And that was what was for dinner on Mondays. And I sort of have stretched that to be like whatever beans. We have lentils sometimes. We have black beans sometimes. We have different bean dishes. But Monday tends to be bean night in our house. Um, we don't definitely actually don't usually have tacos on Tuesday, though tacos are an evening that we enjoy at our house, often on Fridays, actually. We have grain bowls. As we head into the fall, I bring in a soup night back. In the summer, we don't have that. Sometimes we have a salad night in the summer. And so I love this idea of a rhythm of meals, of different categories of meals, because it really helps me to figure out what I want to make. So I usually start with this based on like what I know, like the categories that we already have or love. And I don't, by the way, do it for every night of the week because I find that I don't make new food every night of the week. So very often on Sunday, we have leftovers. So I guess if I was categorizing, I might call that leftover night. Um, sometimes on Saturday, my husband is the one to make dinner or somebody else makes dinner. And so sometimes I just leave that one out of the planning. Sometimes I, I like to acknowledge that somebody else is making dinner. But so, I, you know, I'm not thinking of every night, but I always each week have four or five nights where I kind of have created this pattern because it makes it easier for me to plan. And then what I do is I make lists of the things that I can make under those categories. So I might take bean night and I would list out exactly what I just said, you know, black beans, red beans, white bean stew, um, lentils, uh, yellow lentil soup, like whatever I feel like is fitting into bean category. There's some times when I might need to look up measurements. I might need to look up, you know, herbs or something that I'm forgetting about a recipe, but I'm not ever putting down things on this list that I don't kind of sort of know how to make. So I think one of the biggest things that happens in meal planning is we think that everything is like a restaurant. We open a cookbook and we have to find new things and try new things. And if you have all the time in the world, that sounds amazing. Or if you're in a phase of wanting to learn new things, 
That sounds amazing, but for most of us, that creates overwhelm pretty quickly. So I love just going through and making a list of things I can think of in my head, even if I might have to Google them at some point, I can kind of think of them, the ideas in my head and put them down on paper. So I go through and you know I'm gonna have about four or five categories for the fall, and I write down my ideas of all the things I can think of in those categories. Other ideas are if you're part of a farm share or have a farmer's market, you could do farm to table nights. Um, if you have a night always like that somebody else cooks or that you eat out or that you're eating leftovers, those are sometimes good things to um, just put down, but obviously that wouldn't be part of your list. A soup night, taco night, around the world night. What are some other good ones? We, we used to have a baked potato night. That's a fun fall one. And I would think of all the different ways that I could make that, you know, exciting those are some of my ideas. And I'm sure you have a thousand others. But again, really come from what you know and and like what you can think of without having to go to the internet or to a cookbook, okay? So that's the first strategy I would recommend for meal planning is create that rhythm, write it down, and then fill it in. Now, the second piece of the rhythm, besides having a rhythm of like, you know, we're making a rhythm of the different foods that we want to incorporate is figuring out when those things happen. So this all depends on what you love to cook, what feels fast to you, what feels hard to you, which I think is actually kind of different for all of us. Like I used to think soups were really hard (laughs) because I didn't, I didn't really know how to make them. They were confusing to me for whatever reasons. I used to just think it was really hard. I make beans all the time, which isn't so different than soup. So you might be laughing at me at this point, but the idea of soup used to be really hard for me. It's not anymore. Now it's actually one of my quickest meals, especially since I got a pressure cooker. So, you know, soups right now, I know that I can do in advance. Like I can have them cooking while I'm I'm working. Um, Many of them I can throw together very quickly, like a squash soup or a blended soup. I can put everything in the pressure cooker, cook it for 10 minutes, turn it off, and then go away and come back and put it in the blender and it can be ready pretty quickly. So for me, that's a very quick dinner. Whereas grain bowls or taco night, that actually has many more components and takes me a bit longer. So what I do is I look out over my week and I I sort of look what's happening as a rhythm. So as a repeatable rhythm over the weeks. And I might notice that like Wednesdays are always really full actually in my case, in in real life, Mondays are really full. So Monday is a day that we have tons of coaching calls in Flow 365. It goes late for me. Um, Often I have podcast interviews on Monday. It's just a very full day for me. And so by Monday night, like I'm not wanting to make anything complicated. And it happens to be, as I mentioned, our bean night. And for me, beans are super easy. Sometimes I actually cook them on Sunday. Sometimes I soak the dried beans on Sunday and throw everything in the pressure cooker while I'm making myself lunch. But pretty much it's always done by the time it's dinner. And that makes it very seamless on a night where I don't have so much patience. Whereas on Thursdays, it's like my creative day. It's a very expansive day. I take it slower. I know I've worked really hard the three days before, and I generally give myself a little bit longer 
to make food the day before is the farmer's market. And so it just is a time when I just, I have more space and things can be a little bit more complicated. And on that night is usually when I, I do grain bowls, I think is what we're going to do as we come into the fall. Now, I'm not speaking as the smartest version of myself right now because I actually haven't looked at what's happening when this fall. So I highly recommend, you know, make the list that I just shared. But when you're deciding which theme goes on which day, look at your schedule, be real, like which days do you have more space and which days do you need something to be really quick and how can you make it really quick? Okay, so that's really about the rhythm. And to me, if you can spend some time up front really looking at that piece, oh my gosh, it can change everything. Because what I used to do is I used to have all these like ideals of what I wanted to do. And they never really merged with my week or what was happening, or how much time I had. And that would really stress out the situation by the time I sat down to have dinner. By the way, two things. One, if you feel like the idea of having beans every Monday or soup every Thursday or whatever, very boring, I have to say that I have never cooked so much variety as when I made the rhythm of things because it gave me enough of a limiter that I could go search in one category and I learned how to make so many new things. So again, I asked you all just to write down exactly what it is that you know right now, but eventually that can grow. So if you wanna learn new soups, you can look up some new soups and add them to your plans once you have that first part under your belt. The second thing I'll say is if anyone has young children or picky eaters, rhythm can really help them because they might not love soup night, but that's okay because they come to depend on it. Um, they come to know that it's what's happening and they'll learn to show up for it. And maybe it's not their biggest, you know, eating night. Maybe it's not their happiest night, but they'll show up to it in a different way because it's just what is. Often, unless our kid has like a real, for real sensory issue, which I find is far less than one might think, if it's really just like a picky thing that a child is picking up because that's what is happening, the idea of a rhythm, the idea of consistency, the idea that mom and dad are grounded is really helpful in having a kid show up to whatever is being eaten over time, right? It takes seven tries, so it might take seven weeks to get that soup eaten. But if you're really sure that this is a great, nutritious, happy, yummy dinner for your kid, they'll start to pick up on that vibe too. And so this idea of a rhythm helps us ease into just the fact that like dinner's what dinner is and we don't have to second guess ourselves and we decide in advance. And it allows a kid to know that it's just, it's soup night. It's just what it is. And tomorrow night might be pasta night. That might be the best night of the week. And we get both. We get our favorite and what we're just going to eat because it's for dinner. All right. All right. That was a lot about rhythm. I promise not every strategy is that long. The other thing I want you to think about with meal planning is I want to say, think about you versus them. Think about you and your kids. So I want you to make sure that you're getting what you need out of meals. And yes, you want kids to eat too. I just explained to you how rhythm might help that. But I don't want you to sacrifice 
what you're eating because you think your kids won't eat food that you like. Does that make sense? So prioritize that. See how you can really fit in what will nourish you. And this is another way I thought about it when my kids were younger. It's a little less true now because over the years, I've created some people who eat some different varieties of foods. Um, But when they were younger, I used to just categorize the meals and really understood how we eat them. So family dinner was a time where I always wanted us to eat together and eat the same thing. And so for that, I was, you know, considering everything I just told you about, because mostly with rhythm, I was talking about dinner, though you can do rhythm for breakfast and lunch too. And so I was really thinking about those categories and how we would sit down and enjoy the same meal that sort of served me in my mama body and my husband and his body and the kids in their bodies, right? And what that all looked like. Got a little more complicated over the years. I'll tell you about that in a sec. But I knew that at breakfast, I was usually like making school lunches. They were sitting in the room with me, but they were sort of eating. So I knew at breakfast, like I didn't have to eat the same thing as them because I wasn't necessarily eating with them. I was more feeding them and getting them out the door and then coming home and catching my breath. And so that's when I started really having smoothies every morning. And yes, my kids do have smoothies sometimes too, but often they needed other things like avocado toast. And some mornings was oatmeal morning and I love oatmeal and sometimes I eat it and sometimes I don't, but it didn't really matter because it was the format we were having it. Does that make sense? So breakfast was really a time when I was eating differently than the kids and usually the kids were all eating the same thing. Lunches got like really spread out quickly. So I always had one who could eat the hot lunches at their school and then I had others who couldn't and I have one with really bad food allergies. So we actually used lunch where the one without food allergies could eat food that we don't normally have in our home. Like he could have a sandwich um, because we don't have gluten in our house. And so he could have a sandwich and you know the middle one could be fed what she needed. And everybody want, everybody just needed something a little bit different um, for a phase of their childhood. And so I really used that to meal plan to understand what the arc of the whole day was. So I know that might sound complicated, but it's really thinking about you and them and how you can all get what you really need. Now I will share that over the years, stuff has changed. So for example, um, two of my kids decided to become vegetarians. And so that shifted dinner because I had one who, the one who didn't become a vegetarian was also the one who has a lot of limitations and she can't have gluten and she can't have dairy. And the ones who became vegetarians, well, they sort of can. And it sort of became this thing of like, How do I make something that everybody can do, which I did for a long time, and now I compartmentalize it a little bit more. And I also have three teens who do sports, and over the past year or so, it took, I held on for a long time, over the past year or so, like in the post-COVID time, or I guess we're still in COVID, but you know what I mean, in this last year, like when we weren't all home and kids were out late, like some kids came home at different times. I have let go of us all every single night having to sit down together. And, you know, even the kids miss it sometimes. So it's it's a tradition that has served us so well. And I've had to sort of really understand that, you know, as we come into adulthood, people might have some different nutritional needs and some different timing needs, and maybe that's okay. 
So that's a current phase that I am currently in and thinking about as we head into the fall. Okay. So again, going back to rhythm. So once you really decide, you know, what this rhythm is and what you want and what, you know, the rest of your family needs, again, we're listing out the foods. You're listing them out, okay? And once you list out the initial list, so I want to give you a framework for that list of coming up with all the things that you want to fold into your meal plans. So make an initial list, again, just from your 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 brain. And I know a lot of you listening are coming in, trying to try different things, like trying to maybe take out gluten or take out dairy or, um, you know, try Test Master's program or, you know, you're, you're, you're maybe up in a phase where you're upgrading your food in some way, right? So I know that that's true of many of my listeners. So you could still write that initial list from your old self, like from the self that's like, okay, I know how to make pasta and marinara sauce. I know how to make a good omelet. I know how to make a beans and rice dish, right? And maybe not all of that vibes with the way that you're thinking you want to eat, but make that list first. And then this is where planning is so much better when we let it be messy, Then go back and go through and be like, okay, so pasta and sauce, like I'm trying to get out gluten. What would I do? And and maybe I'm trying to get out gluten and add in more veggies. So what would I do instead? So maybe I like have a few different sauces I could try. Maybe I have a few different kinds of pasta, or maybe I want to try zucchini noodles, or maybe I want to try the new, um, we love chickpea pasta. That's what my kids love now. So Just go through and see how you can upgrade the things that you already know. Feel free always to DM with any questions, ask any questions. I love answering these kinds of questions, but this is a good way to not let change stop you in your tracks, okay? So you go through that list and you just upgrade it, okay? So the thing that we always talk about in flow is that there's this process of really dreaming about what you want. So you're imagining yourself as your healthiest, you're imagining meals unfolding in this amazing, easeful way in your home. That's, you know, I'm making you imagine that because I'm recording this podcast right now. And then you go through and, and you you do these lists, right? Like you, so you start, you're making decisions, you're deciding like, what are the themes? What are the things I know how to make under the themes? And then you're deciding, you know, when you want those themes, right? And you're deciding that based on um, smartly what's happening in your week, right? And so the other element of time, so this the, the concept of flow is always sort of dream, list, put into time. So the other part of meal planning that really needs time is shopping, cooking, and eating, And what I find a lot of times is that we just simply don't create enough time or we don't have the expectation of how long that process takes. And it's not our fault. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's not anyone's fault because guess what happens? We go to the grocery store and we look at 10 magazines in the checkout that tell us about 15-minute meals and five-minute dinners and all the things. And so we've been sold that fast is better. 
And even though we don't believe that anymore, we're, you know, maybe you're not going, you used to go to fast food and now you're not going to fast food. So even though we don't believe that anymore, there's still a part of us that wants it to be that way because, because we feel like we don't have a lot of time. And so as a result, we don't make the time. We don't go into our calendars and be like, oh, if I'm really going to make this work, that means I really have to stop my job or my work by 5.30 or I can't stop my job by 5.30. So I need to, you know, know when I can stop and then I need to make the meal on Sunday, right? So we, we really have to look at our calendars and understand when the food is going to be made and when we can sit down and have it. And especially if like eating as a family is important to you and multiple things are going on and you, you and your spouse work in different places or you work and your kids are out doing after school stuff, we have to figure out the time piece because that's the day we live in. And I feel like that's where a lot of us get crushed we get so excited about this idea of healthy food and sitting together and feeling better. And then we can't find the time for it, which is why I transitioned actually from talking exclusively about food to really talking about time, because we need, need, need to find the time for it and all those different pieces. And it takes a minute. That's the other thing. It takes time to create these habits. And sometimes, even if we're really good at it, like at this point, I'm really comfortable with meal planning and making food and sitting and looking at the whole calendar and figuring out how that all works. I've practiced for many years, so I've gotten good at that. And every time we change seasons, I have to look at it again, or otherwise I get totally caught by the changes that happen when all of a sudden we're back in school and people are doing different things and this one's hungry because, you know, she's just finished her team sport and this one's not hungry because she had a snack at five. And, you know, we have to like recalibrate and, and respond to what's coming up in the season. Does that make sense? Okay. So those are some of the things that I'm thinking about. Let me think if there's anything else. So the other thing I want to say is, I hear a lot that, you know, it's so great. I love meal planning, Mia, but it comes maybe even Tuesdays, definitely Wednesday, and I feel totally off track. So a part of that is just learning, which is part of this process, to just be relaxed and easeful around all these things. So to feel more relaxed in the kitchen, to feel more relaxed around cooking and eating and making food for your family. And that can like have different components to it. And just learning, which takes practice, how to not be stressed if it's not perfect by Wednesday, because guess what? That's, that's not anybody. I just actually interviewed um, somebody who has a meal planning blog and um, she's going to, we'll release her podcast in the coming weeks. I'm super excited about it. And we were just laughing together because, you know, both of us talk a lot about this and neither of us are perfect by any, like, you know, at all, right? But we, but the practice of doing all this has made us definitely more relaxed about it all and more forgiving of ourselves. And so part of this is just the practice of, 
of on Wednesday when we don't make the meal, just getting over it quicker and knowing that it's fine. You know, we the reason that maybe we only choose four or five meals a week is because we know that's going to happen. And so if it doesn't happen on Wednesday, we, we look at the rest of the week and we're like, okay, do we need to put this in the freezer or are we going to just make it tomorrow? And we just have to redecide. Does that make sense? I love redeciding and looking at my meal plan every evening before I go to bed for the next day, just so I can be like, okay, does this still make sense? You know, maybe somebody got sick, maybe um, something surprising happened at school, maybe somebody's going to a friend's house unexpectedly, whatever, like things come up, maybe all of a sudden, I have a client that popped in at, at an hour close to dinner, right? So things happen, but I usually know, you know, I don't always know about them the night before, but a lot of times I do. So I look back the night before and I sort of recommit to what I chose for the week um, and just make sure that that still resonates, re-remind myself that I have all the ingredients or that I've, you know, done something in advance. Or sometimes when I look at, at, at night and I feel a little bit overwhelmed about whatever it is, like I might even go downstairs and like chop the onion or remember to soak the beans or notice that we don't have pasta and make sure I have time to go get it on the way home. Does that make sense? So I'm just checking in and it's a practice. It's not going to happen perfectly the first week you do this. Okay. So over time, we start getting smarter and smarter about this, but it takes time. So over time, all of what I just said gets more efficient, right? Over time, cooking becomes more efficient. Planning becomes easier. Planning takes less time. But again, it's a process. It's a practice. It's it's not something that we're born knowing, obviously, because you're still listening to this podcast. Prepping in advance is something that can really be helpful if food is overwhelming. And actually, I find that's much harder to do in the summer than in the fall. So as we're heading into the fall, maybe notice, like, is there a window of time on a Sunday? Sometimes we're we're just in and out more in the summer and in the fall, maybe we're in a little bit more. And so it's like, is there a window that now I could really spend, you know, two hours on a Sunday morning and chop a bunch of stuff or even roast a bunch of stuff or make a soup for the week or make a grain for the week. There's a, you can go into our website and search in the Plan Simple website and you could look for my interview with Melissa Lance and that has some great ideas about prepping and what to prep in advance, like what she would prep each week. Um, And that might be something really inspiring if you're looking for more about how to prep in advance. You can also get good at double double batching. So a bunch of people in Flow 365 did this last year together, like so that they would remind each other that it's like every time you made soup, make double and put it immediately into storage containers and then label it and put it in the freezer. And then, you know, one by one, actually, everyone got COVID and that food was super helpful because it was there. Somebody else in flow had a baby and she did that for a couple months before and then she had the food. Actually, another great episode is Angela. Um, you can look at the Plan Simple podcast and Angela and that will an episode will come up about freezing food. She's so good at teaching that. She was a member of flow and she has a food blog and 
um, she talks about how to double cook and put things in the freezer. So that's a really good one to go listen to making double batches of things. Sounds exciting for you. And she did it for a number of reasons. Um, and one of them was she was going to get surgery. So she did it in advance and then her family could warm up her own yummy food and she could eat it while she was healing. All right. So, so those are some of the things that make it easier. We like ease. I know sometimes we want to make things complicated, but when food has more ease, oh my gosh, it makes everything so, so good. So those are my meal planning ideas for right now as we're transitioning. I have like thousands, so it was kind of hard to hold back, but I think that those ones will really help you and maybe we'll do another episode about this really soon. All right, have an amazing day and I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day.